Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. Everybody, get into your meditative position, erect, but relaxed, and three deep breaths. So settle in to body sensations as a way of bringing you into the present moment. Feeling the pressure of sitting You've taken the one seat. You're being held in the safety of gravity. Noticing the feeling in your body. If there is any tension, consciously letting it go. Noticing the sense of aliveness in your body. This is your presence in this moment.
And of course, the breath. The gentle rise and fall of the abdomen. Be interested in your breath. Notice if breaths are long or short. Enjoy the breath. It's our anchor to the present moment. A source of calm. something we don't have to think about. And now from our awareness of the body, let's start pushing our awareness out. First expanding it into the room that you sit in. aware of the noises in that room.
aware of the temperature aware of the space around you. Now, as if you were blowing into a giant balloon of awareness, with each out-breath, expand that awareness to the city you live in. Include the people in their sangha. Being aware of friends and family. Push that awareness out to all of Southern California. With your out breath, 
expand this awareness to all of California. And let's imagine that we can push this awareness to all of the United States. Including all the people waking up this Sunday morning. To all their various lives. And of course, a step further is expanding our awareness to include this whole earth. With so many people strangely connected by this pandemic, and the concerns. As you continue to practice, 
Hold the world in your awareness.
In the last five minutes, notice if you are still holding the world in your awareness. Notice if you have felt your heart open. The expansiveness. And rest again in this present moment.
Well, again, really a pleasure to be here. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen some of you. And isn't it amazing how we meet today? <laughs> I still marvel at it. Um, today I wanted to combine sort of <laughs> three Dharma talks that I've given recently, but I'm going to not spread it out too long on the three jewels of practice, uh, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. Um, as I'm talking about it, and maybe you already know, I have a feeling that each of you resonates with one the most. So sort of keep that in mind as I'm talking, and maybe we get, that'll be how uh, the focus of our discussion. So first of all, I wanted to talk about the Buddha. Um, it's interesting to me that in Western uh, meditation that there are sort of two camps the camp that is secular and talks mainly about mindfulness and the camp that incorporates the Buddha more and the Buddha's teachings. Uh, I tend to be in the camp that uh, enjoys learning about the Buddha. So one of the best uh, Dharma talks I ever heard was by a woman named Winnie Nazarko. She's back East, uh, a teacher. And her, their talk was the truth in ordinary things. And she described the Buddha as one of the most brilliant men she thinks had ever lived. And mainly because, and by the way, Winnie Nazarko is an engineer. She said it was because he had reversed engineered all of human existence. Now reverse engineering, which I came to learn, is say they completely dismantled a Tesla, you would be able to put it all back together again and make it run. So the Buddha did this about human existence. He figured out the suffering, the causes of suffering, and how to cease suffering. Um, but as you probably know, he was adamant his whole life that he not be worshiped and that he not be a God. 
that he was a man just like any other man. And what his teachings are all about is to help us each wake up to our true natures. So taking refuge in the Buddha is really taking refuge in our awakened self. And that's self with a capital S. Um, and he showed us how to do it by describing the Four Noble Truths, which include the Eightfold Path. He is this, I don't know if this is attributed to him or not, but um, the quote, my teachings are just fingers pointing to the moon. Be sure to look at the moon. So I guess that's one of the reasons why I continue to enjoy his teachings because they include the humility of someone who is really interested in uh, guiding people to their own Buddha natures. Um, so part of this uh, the jewel of the Buddha's teachings are, of course, his teachings uh, which point to the truth of existence. And now we're talking about the Dharma, the next jewel. So the Dharma has been uh, translated as truth. And just as winning the Zarko's uh, Dharma talk was, the truth in ordinary things. So, um, on some of the retreats I've been on, the question was asked if somebody was just sort of meditating for years and years and years with no direction, with no teaching, would they reach enlightenment? And it's an interesting question. Obviously the Buddha did it, <laughs> but having the teachings of a way to focus uh, our attention and our direction is, in my mind, really important. Um, that, as you know, the um, Eightfold Path, part of it is, for instance, right view. In other words, the view of existence in a way that uh, helps us know the truth. 
In other words, that the three characteristics of existence, which are uh, dukkha, suffering, anicca, impermanence, and anatta, which is non-self. Now, if you were to meditate for 30 years without knowing that your self wasn't the one who was uh, making you awaken, I think that would be a huge obstacle to awakening. In other words, if you had this idea that I am so cool <laughs> that I am going to be able to uh, just sit here and make this happen. I think there's an obstacle that would keep it from happening. So in other words, these teachings, the Dharma, uh, help us know the truth of existence. Um, we've all heard so many times, being with what is. Uh, that is an experience that mindfulness is all about. In other words, real, not having uh, a story in between what's happening and your experience of it. There are, well, the, uh, hey, we could go on and on, but I want to read this poem by Dana Falls called Just For Now, which is a description of where I think we want to get to so that we're experiencing our awakened self. Just for now, without, without asking how, let yourself sink into stillness. Just for now, Lay down the weight you so patiently bear upon your shoulders. Feel the earth receive you and the infinite expanse of sky grow even wider as your awareness reaches up to meet it. Just for now, allow a wave of breath to enliven your experience. Breathe out whatever blocks you from the truth. Just for now, be boundless, free, awakened energy tingling in your hands and feet. Drink in the possibility of being who and what you really are. So fully alive that when you open your eyes, the world looks different, newly born and vibrant, just for now.
Oh, sort of says it all, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Dharma, the truth, that's uh, what that poem is leading us to. So let's go to the next jewel, which is the Sangha. It is said that when the Buddha was uh, dying, oh, by the way, you're asking for the author of that poem, and it's Dana Foles, F-A-U-L-D-S. Um, okay, so the Sangha. It's said that when the Buddha was dying, he said to his monks, uh, he named the three refuges, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. But of these, he said, the most important is the Sangha. Now, uh, the Sangha, of course, is the community of people who sh share in the pursuit of these teachings. Uh, we all know that meditation is, uh, can be a solitary practice. Um, I know that when we have had, uh, I'll, I'll never forget when Wendy and I did the three refuge all day retreat, uh, somebody came in late and missed the talk about noble silence and looked around and was, why is nobody looking at me? Why is nobody greeting me and saying hello? Uh, and it is just our human nature to want to connect, to want to be social. And it always is a surprise when uh, uh, we're practicing noble silence and uh, withdraw from that. Um, so all of us really need that connection. I don't know if you saw the chart of the happiness chemicals in your body. The dopamine, which is uh, the reward chemical, serotonin, which is the mood stabilizer, endorphins, which are the painkillers, and oxytocin, which is the love hormone. And the things that we do to uh, give us this love hormone are things like playing with the dog, playing with a baby, holding hands, hugging family members, giving a compliment. 
but this hormone, oxytocin, as we all know, is so important uh, for meaning in our lives. Um, I want to read one of my favorite little passages to sort of illustrate the importance of each other in our lives. This is called Pooh's Difficult Day. Today was a difficult day, said Pooh. There was a pause. Do you want to talk about it? Asked Piglet. No, said Pooh. I, I don't think I do. That's okay, said Piglet. And he came and sat beside his friend. What are you doing? Asked Pooh. Nothing really, said Piglet. Only I know what difficult days are like. I quite often don't feel like talking about it on my difficult days either. But goodness, continued Piglet, difficult days are so much easier when you know you've got someone there for you. And I'll always be here for you, Pooh. And as Pooh sat there working through in his head his difficult day, while the solid, reliable piglet sat next to him quietly, swinging his little legs, he thought that his best friend had never been more right. So it is true that just having someone sit next to you when you're having a difficult day, not saying a word is sometimes exactly what you need. So this relationship, uh, it's in relationship that all of us, I believe, grow, gain insights, find comfort. And these relationships in a Sangha uh, are all of this. Now, one other thing in Buddhist practice that helps nurture these relationships in a Sangha are the precepts. This is often called sila, or codes of conduct. And I have to admit, when I've been on retreat, there is something really comforting about knowing that doors are never locked, your door to your room is never locked, and yet you have complete confidence that you are safe. And a lot of this, I do believe, is because at the beginning of every retreat, uh, the whole group takes the five 
precepts. There are eight, and I'll mention the other three, but uh, there are five that everybody takes. The first one is non-harming, not killing, but not harming. The second one is not taking what is not freely offered. The third one is using wise speech. And I know that you've had talks about wise speech, but it covers a lot of areas. We don't gossip. We don't, uh, besides not talking badly about people, you don't say needless things. The fourth one is no sexual misconduct. And the fifth one is not using intoxicants to cloud the mind. So knowing, again, that you are in a group of like-minded people that share these values is very comforting. Uh, By the way, the other three precepts are interesting. Uh, One of them is which a lot of people on retreat do, I have never done, is not eat past noon. Uh, And then another one is not adorning oneself, uh, jewelry, makeup, uh, fancy clothes, whatever. And then the one that is interest always been interesting to me is not to be on high cushions or a high bed now my saga we were discussing that we finally figured out that it probably is saying that you're not raised above someone else in other words we were all we are all uh, of the same level but It's phrased very strangely. Um, So being with like-minded people uh, is so comforting and so uh, important. I do believe that probably all of us have been kept on the path of practice by spiritual friends and dharma buddies. Um, This keeps us practicing probably as much as anything else. And that maybe that is why the Buddha said it was the most important of the three jewels. Um, Oh, two more poems, but I don't want to take up. (laughs) Um, Okay, I'll read one more. (laughs) And uh, then... 
let's open it up and see what uh, resonates most with you. Uh, this is called You Will Lose Everything by Jeff Foster. Your money, your power, your fame, your success, perhaps even your memory. Your looks will go, loved ones will die, your own body will eventually fall apart. Everything that seems permanent is absolutely impermanent and will be smashed. Experience will gradually or not so gradually strip away everything that it can strip away. Waking up means facing this reality with open eyes and no longer turning away. Right now we stand on sacred and holy ground. For that which will be lost has not yet been lost. And realizing this is the key to unspeakable joy. Whoever and whatever is in your life right now has not yet been taken away from you. This may sound obvious, but knowing it is the key to everything and the why and the how and wherefore of existence. Impermanence has already rendered everything and everyone around you so deeply holy and significant and worthy of your heartbreaking gratitude. Loss has already transfigured your life into an altar. And I just think it's impermanence has already rendered everything and everyone around you so deeply holy and significant and worthy of your heartbreaking gratitude. To me, that sums up Sangha, <laughs> that we are all here, right here, right now, and to be so thankful that we have each other. Um, Okay, so we have uh, a little time to uh, share what's on your mind. <laughs> now, let's see, how should we do this? Um, how many people do we have, Don? Uh, we have 14 inclusive. Okay. Um, I'm tempted to go into breakout rooms and to uh, give us about 10 minutes to talk amongst yourselves. And then we come back to the big group and um, share whatever was meaningful. Um, Wendy suggested that I say that if, if you don't want to uh, be part of a breakout room 
uh, raise your hand and you can just stay in the uh, main room and wait for us to return. Um, so yeah. and, and can just uh, they can just not accept the invitation. Oh, okay. It's perfectly okay to not join the break the breakout room if you wish to to stay back in the in the main uh, lobby. Okay. So let's take the question with you about which of the three jewels, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, really resonates for you. Which one is the thing that seems to keep you hooked into practice? So I think we all tend to have a preference. Um, so, okay, now, well, welcome back, everyone. Uh, I certainly enjoyed that. I hope you did. <laughs> Um, would anybody like to share some of what uh, was discussed in, in your group? I can share that. I think that they're like three delicious candies. And why do we have to choose one? Oh. Can't we have them all? <laughs> we decided they were so intertwined that we didn't want to have to choose, although we all did have our tendencies. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Three delicious candies. Thank you, Bonnie. Halloween speaking. <laughs> yes. Pilar, did you want to share? Oh, no. <laughs> no. Sorry, I'm just, I'm on my phone, so I'm trying to see everyone's faces. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll share. Uh, okay. It was really interesting in our group. We all, our, we all three chose a different starting point. Um, so we all, we all had different tendencies. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, they're all kind of inseparable. Once, once you choose one as the trailhead, you can't... Um, they, they just all kind of go together. And uh, so for me, um, you know, my trailhead is, is the truth. Mm. And um, I had an interesting thought come in today while you were teaching and I wrote it down. And I don't know if it's true, but it feels true. <clears throat> and it also goes really well with the, the, other, the other two jewels, but I wrote the truth must be inclusive. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can, I, I mean, even just, you know, anything we try to lop off and we're averse to, um, like there's, there's a sweet spot of practice is look at what you don't want to look at. <laughs> and, um, and then Sangha must be inclusive, so it goes just as just as well with mm -hmm. uh, Sangha. But then also, uh, I think one of our group members had a, a really, I think, interesting reflection on relating to others. And even when they're behaving at their worst, we all have this Buddha nature. This, um, and so 
I don't know. I guess the word for me today is is inclusive, mm. <laughs> and how how it applies equally to uh, all three jewels. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And and I thank like you. that. Oh, please. Who's gonna? I'm sorry. My oh, Mark. Yes. No, I just. Uh, Don just reminded me how much I liked the poem that you read. Can you, the last poem, the, the one that was sort of brought everything together, the inclusive one, can you give us the title and the, the author of that again? Yes, it it's the title is You Will Lose Everything. And the author... Nice uplifting title. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and the author is Jeff Foster. Thanks. But Mark, in our, Mark was in my group and what something you said, Don, was brought up in our group too, which is sometimes people that we have great difficulty with are our best teachers, uh, which goes along with what you were saying. And so Sangha includes, yes, you're right, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Casey always, when he, when he talks about that, it's always the sort of the relative and the absolute. So, you know, mm. the relative is the Buddha. The absolute is, you know, uh, our own Buddha nature, which is broad. Dharma is, you know, the specific teachings. And it's also the truth of existence, which is still true today for every one of us going through life. And the Sangha is the people we sit with, but also, you know, everybody, all of yeah. existence and all of those things, the, the people we like, the people we don't like, <laughs> you know, and yet they're all, it's all swirling around together. So yeah. anyway, it's a lot. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Any other shares before uh, we go? Oh, good. Thank you, Bob. Um, hey, uh, I just wanted to, um, for me is uh Sangha and spiritual friends and and um, people we practice with for me always right especially right now uh, with me um, but I also wanted to include and acknowledge the people who maybe aren't on a path similar to ours but are very accepting to our path and open to our uh, life mm -hmm. decisions I, I want to try to include those people in my Sangha all the time as well um, just because, you know, in a world where, you know, you you choose to, in our family, some people may not be as supportive, but the people who are supportive to something a little bit different, I'm I'm very appreciative to to those yeah. folks in my life right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Don, inclusive, inclusiveness is a key word. Hmm. Okay. I, I wanted to share one thing that I wrote down. If Bob, if you're willing, uh, would you share your reflection on on uh, like-minded? Um, I, I lost my internet a little bit. Were you speaking to me? Oh yeah, I did. I said, oh, okay. I said, are, are you okay if I share, or would you share your reflection on like-minded and kind of your reflection? Oh yeah. Uh, um, so lately, um, a few events. Um, the phrase like-minded has been coming up, but uh, I've been kind of replacing that with like-hearted, 
like like-hearted people, uh, especially on our on our path and our sangha and our beautiful friends and community. I feel like we're more like-hearted, right? It's a it's our our ship is led by our heart. Oh, that's very nice. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Don. <laughs> I think there's a song in there, Bob. <laughs> Hey, I'm going to write that down. I got you. Absolutely. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay. Well, uh, let's take five minutes to uh, for announcements and sharing, and then we will close and dedicate the merit. So... Um, Okay, well, let's uh, say a little meta and dedicate the merit and um, enjoy the rest of our day. Okay, take the sitting position. As several of you pointed out today, the open-heartedness that is part of this practice can be fostered by thoughts of loving-kindness or metta. We often start by giving it to ourselves because we, of course, each one of us are part of Buddha nature and of humanity. So let's start by giving ourselves some thoughts of loving kindness. May I be happy and safe from harm. May I be healthy in body and in mind. May I be peaceful and free from suffering. May I live my life with the ease of well-being. And of course, as we've noted today, Sangha includes everyone. Our friends and family, those we love, 
those we have a difficult time with. And of course, all the millions of people in this world we don't even know. May you be happy and safe from harm. May you be healthy in body and in mind. May you be peaceful and free from suffering. May you live your life with the ease of well-being. May the merits of this practice benefit all beings. Just listen to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.